Hello, everybody. It's Wednesday, which means new episode of O Jeremiah Talks. On this episode, your girl Erin and I sit down and have a delightful conversation about Christmas music. Yes, I know it's October, and that is by design, because this year we're taking a stand. 2020 will not take our Christmas cheer. Nay, it will double it. Twice the Christmas cheer starting now. Uh, We also talk about what I think is one of the greatest TV shows of the last million years, Frasier. So I make the case on why right now is a perfect time to start watching Frasier. And then we wrap the episode by having a deeper, meaningful conversation about how hard it is just to say I'm sorry and just like the art and the the grace of apologizing when you when you screw up. And it's just it's a really great conversation. It's something that I've been working on. It's something that Aaron has been working on. And we just kind of like check up on how that's going. I also feel like I have to warn you, there are a couple of naughty jokes. I even feel silly giving you a heads up over something that is like very PG-13 at at its worst. But um, it was really just two uh, adults getting the giggles over some like misspeak, I guess is the only way I can say it. Um, but uh, and not even that. It's like not. But, you know, some I know that we have some listeners that would love a heads up. So that's all I'm just saying. And I would not uh, there's not a single joke I that we make in this that I would not say on stage or to my mom, which I feel. (laughs) Oh, yikes. Okay, well, good luck, everybody. This episode uh, is a fun one. If you can't tell. Oh, Jeremiah talks. Let's do it. I wanted to be you talking on the intro. I we feel together. Yeah. Well, hello, darling. Jeremiah. You just got back from hot yoga. How do you feel? I'm so tired. Yeah, you already power napped once. I power napped. And I don't no, do that. No, you did not. Oh, I did too. You told me you were going to work out. Did you nap instead? I napped instead. <gasps> so I went, here's exactly what How my- How does it feel? Here was my workout regimen. I put the uh, pull-up bar that lives on my door. I noticed that. I put that up. And I then? did five pull-ups and then I said, oh, wait. And then I woke oh, up. Oh, wait. <laughs> and then I woke up. Where did you nap? Couch, I bedroom, did, second I did, bedroom. I did couch. Kitchen. <laughs> no, no, not a kitchen. I did couch, snoo- snoozed on the, on the Joy Bird. And then couch is the best option. It's the best option for sure. Because, you know, they say like some people don't have to worry about this, but I was talking about this with some friends of like your bed is supposed to be for two things only. And like you can't like if even napping shouldn't be sometimes for some people that are bad sleepers, me, like you don't want to even nap in your bedroom because it's like, what are the two things? Stop. No, no, Stop. I do, I'm curious. We I made don't... a. No. What are stop. the two things? Sleep and sex. <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to see you squirm. Okay, thank that you. Was really funny. Um, but anyways, so I have to like. I feel like if I separate that from like n- even napping. Yeah, I well, I got really into napping for like as a. I want to get better at this thing because there is, and you can Google this because I, I think this dude was famous for like being so good at napping. I've started doing it now. But, but I don't hold he keys. napped every day mm-hmm. at noon for yeah. 30 minutes. He would lay on his couch in his office, hold a thing of keys, 
And the second he and he would dangle his arm off the couch, and when he dropped the keys, that's when he knew it was time to wake up. Yeah, because he was. You don't want to go into a deep sleep. You want to go into a deep enough sleep to you get rest, but not so deep that you're like wake up groggy. Yeah. So as soon as the keys drop, he'd be like, "Up, oh, time to get up," and then he would get his keys, yeah. and then he'd be good to go. So today, I I laid on the couch, let my arm dangle until Noodles barked. That's my new move. Yeah, I've done that before too. Because when you leave. She barks every 20 minutes on the minute. Yeah. So my move now is I I nap on the couch until I'm woken up by a little bit of drool coming out of my face. I love that. Noodles drool or your drool? My face. Your face. Mine. That didn't specify. Ew. Um, that's been my move. And I also, here's here's what I've learned about myself. If I'm so tired that I can hardly stay awake at like, if it's before, let's say 4 p.m. And I'm just like, I hit a wall and I have an opportunity to like lay still for a little bit. Even if I'm just closing my eyes for 20 minutes, I need to do that as opposed to avoid it. Because then I'm just going to be very unproductive like the rest of the afternoon. But if I can do like a 20 minute close my eyes or give myself like 20 to 45 minutes just to like drool sleep then i'm fine something that's weird though i don't drool when i sleep at night this is the most anyone's ever said the word drool yeah on a podcast, like without a doubt yeah so i had one of those today before yoga and it was a hit class it wasn't like it was actually like describe hot, describe what hit is to people that hot don't hit yeah. pilates class so it's like a a HIIT class is a H-I-I-T, high intensity interval training, Pilates style. So like, oh, so you do That's like, like a lot of hip thrusting, right? Not necessarily. No. The one time the I one did time it, it did was it. nothing but hip thrusting. But that's because we start with three sets of bridges, which is a lot of pelvic thrusting. A lot of pelvic thrusting. And I also love yeah. it whenever you're doing something that looks seductive, and then the person leading the seductive activity points out how seductive it is, and then we collectively all get uncomfortable. So like, Did they I point it out? They did. So we're down on our backs, and they say, all right, we're going to do some hip bridges and bounce and bounce and bounce. This is weird, huh? And bounce. Oh, was that Jeannie? Yeah, I love them. I, I know. I love her. But it was, uh, then the next thing you know, we're all giggling and like and sweating. And she, she makes me like crack up. And like, so it ends up being, so we always, no matter what teacher I've had, we always start with three sets of bridges, different variations. That's so many hip thrusts. So many. That's not necessarily the hit interval that's just like straight up bridges for like three rounds like a lot of bridges yeah. of, of like pumping and then uh it's really funny to see because if you're in the back of the room you can kind of see like the general vibe of everything like you said the hip thrusting but you can also see like who can't really keep a beat Mm. from the get-go because it's like ready and go and then you see like butts just like, like i feel like to... as far as uh as far as hip thrusting on the beat is concerned i'm yeah. more of a behind the beat kind of percussionist with my with... i'm very ahead no no i'm very like lean back and then I like okay. slow it down as I pump because like I start out ambitiously pumping thinking like I'm a crush. It's getting the, a little bit weird. Is this getting weird? Okay. Also, but also, yeah. So then what happens after that? Then we do some type of ab work. That's whenever you do like 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off. A lot of times the same movement over and over again until you're just like dead. And then they bring you up to like standing 
And meanwhile, it's a hot class. So it's 105 degrees, like the hot yoga classes. And so you're at this point, you're just like dripping sweat. Yeah. And it's so it's I feel like I'm going to faint almost every time whenever I get to the spot to stand up. And I have I'm that like I'm usually the oldest person in the room these days because it's mostly just college students. And lately I'm just like that old lady that's like pacing back and forth on her mat so that she doesn't pass out. (laughs) I just feel so old. I love that. Yeah. No, I I I love hot yoga for one moment. And I don't I do not like hot yoga. It is not the workout for me. One moment. The moment where you're laying there, you had completely finished the workout, and then you close your eyes, and then someone walks by and gives you a lavender cold towel. It's nice, isn't it? It is very nice. But isn't it so worth it? No. Okay. Not at all. It is for me. They don't do the towels anymore. Um, Oh, they don't because of COVID. Yeah, and I miss that a lot. I thought about bringing my own, but they do it. Yeah. It was... Today was hard because I didn't get sleep last night. I had some funky dreams last night. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, didn't sleep last night. And then knowing that I had a workout today, like, my body was just, like, so tired. Like, so it, over. And it's not anything that you can, like, halfway do. Like, you have to, like... No, if you're... If even... You're, if, if you're you, bumping your bridge... Yeah. What, what do you call... If you're flexing your bum... Yeah. You gotta go. You gotta go full pelvic thrust. Because I feel like no what matter you? what, if you do twenty seconds on, ten seconds off, even if you're doing mountain climbers like super chill, like your heart's gonna be racing in a hundred and five degree heat. Yeah, for sure. So I was just like so over it. The first today. time I walked into a hot yoga room, my first thing was, nope, 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 not doing this. I took my mom to a hot yoga class one time, and she walks in and she's like, no, no, yeah. She literally said that out loud, that's, and I was like, "Mom, everyone's like literally meditating right now. Yeah. Could you maybe do that later?" That's a that's a strength of your mom. It's just like <laughs> I don't care if everyone's sleeping. I need to say the thing that I want to oh, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom voices everything she thinks. It's so funny. I love that. Let's talk about Christmas music. Of that's course. where that's where we're gonna start. Heck yes. <laughs> I guess I should point out that this is the most... Uh, oh, Christmas tree. Uh, what? No, no. The, that's a good place to start. This is the most what? This is the most we've ever talked about pelvic thrusting on a podcast, for sure. This is the most... Uh, mm. You know what I mean? It's and it's like accidentally provocative, and I'm not trying to be. It's just... I'm, should we do like a warning at the top of this? Yes. Uh, no, no. Let's insert it now so it's too late. Hey, guys. There's a lot of pelvic thrust talk in this one. Okay. Um so I, in an aerobic way. So uh, this okay. the conversation about Christmas music uh, came from a very specific place for me. What? No, I came up with it. No, oh my gosh. The Christmas music in our apartment. You're not being super kind right now. Also, both wings are lifted and your hands are elevated. Because the I wish someone would have told me that marriage is being married to the prosecution of every word you say. Sorry, it's just me. No, I know, it, and maybe that maybe it is, but a lot of a lot of times, whenever I say things, I think like, "Oh, they know what I meant when I said that." But you're like, "Hey, can you rewind it, apologize, and start over?" <laughs> and that's what it feels like. So the reason Christmas music came up in our apartment in he's, our marriage, he's knee tapping now to like really get drive <laughs> his point home of like, "Don't interrupt me." Well, because usually I have a hard rule that you don't get Christmas music until after Thanksgiving, like. Santa needs to wait his turn for the turkey to leave because they sit. There's no reason why Santa gets to be in the apartment during Thanksgiving 
dinner. Okay, babe. Yeah. That's a hard rule. Tell people, get it. Well, no. Okay. So this is the first year. And we always go, our our thing is we do Thanksgiving and then we go to Black Friday and then we come home and we get a tree. That's what we do. That's what we do. That's like the one of the early transi- tra- transitions. What's the word I'm looking for? Traditions. Traditions. Transitions. And then uh, this year. We do a turkey trot every year. I forced that upon our family, and now everyone looks forward to it. Yes. You're welcome. And the this year, because this year has been so lame, <laughs> <laughs> has been the Sorry, worst, uh, I say that I, we may even get a Christmas tree before Halloween. Let's just say, whoa, my goodness. I know. Like, I'm like... It bumped up because... Y'all, a few days ago, Jeremiah came in the kitchen and he declared out of nowhere, we are getting a Christmas tree on November 1st and no one can stop me. And I was like, okay. I, stand by, I, mean, I like, stand by that. I mean, like, I'm fine with that. You know, it would be funny. I was texting a friend about this because she's in high support of that. Like, she's like, because of COVID, like, let's just freaking go for it. Yeah. And we made the joke of like, what if we get a tree so early that it dies and we have to get a second one? Yeah. And let's she's go. like, it's okay. I'm going to work that into my fun budget. And I was like, me too, girl. Me too. <laughs> I love that. But I usually wait and we have like a solid month of Christmas cheer. And by the end of it, I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to take this tree down. It gets anno- It's annoying to take down. It's annoying to take down, but I... It's the only time I decorate. Let's pause and reflect on that really quick. I don't really decorate for any other holiday. I have a miniature white pumpkin from Trader Joe's that I got for 69 cents. Ayo, this podcast is very um, bedroom forward in a in an accident way. Wait, what was bedroom? I said sixty nine, but like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay, yeah, I did not. You, Ayo. <laughs> what do you think? I was like referencing the bumpkin. Yeah, the bumpkin. What? <laughs> I, said, I said bumpkin. You said bumpkin. No, I, I didn't. Re- re- rewind the tape. Um, Someone tell me later. So sorry. Anyways, I only have one pumpkin. You and do I you don't, not know how to say the word pumpkin. I said I said it the say, I said it correctly again. You're saying bumpkin to people. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying pumpkin. Okay, that time you hit it. But you, you we have, have one single pumpkin. What? How did I say it that time? You said pumpkin. the same way I always say it. You said pumpkin. Okay. Uh, all that to say, Christmas is the only holiday that I really decorate for. Yeah, I I just feel like if we deserve anything, it is <laughs> if we it is Christmas cheer for two months instead we of one it, month. Jeremiah. We deserve two months <gasps> of Christmas cheer. Okay. Did you have nothing that no, big I- breath led to nothing? <laughs> I have a lot. Ready? Yeah, go ahead. No, just one single thing that go we're going to do together as a family. Okay, go. We're going to make garland. No. Out of orange slices. No. And cinnamon. No. Jeremiah? No. It will make this place smell awesome. Why don't we just like eat oranges uh, and can, cinnamon? I'm, I'm fine if we do that. And then just leave the trash out. <laughs> Uh, That's the same thing as decorating. Is, sh- no. Yeah, no, no. For real. Okay, babe. Um, again, I'm gonna make some potpourri, and it's gonna be a good time. Okay, that's you. I would love. I've some always Christmas wanted to, to do that. Yeah, I think that's great. I want Christmas music because we're releasing some some Christmas music this year. There and is. I'm, we went into the studio last week into Chase Park in Athens, Georgia, and we had this 
idea for Silent Night. You, your girl just like needs to sing Silent Night. Got a one take, add a little Mellotron on it, yeah, and it just got us in the Christmas spirit. Like, because we recorded it last week. So I'm in yeah. the Christmas spirit now. Usually when we do Christmas music, it's in like August. Because you have to like make so it commercial. Like kind of a- appropriate. Yeah, now it actually makes sense to do Christmas music. And now I'm like, where's the tree? Where's the tree? Sorry. That was bullying what you just did. But you made me say pumpkin like five times. No, that's different. You said a, you invented a word. You said bumpkin. Uh-uh. This that was I feel hurt. No, you don't. No, I really don't. Um there is an amazing it has a I think a picture of like Snoopy or something on the cover. It's like a jazzy Christmas music al- uh playlist on Spotify that has just gotten me in the mood mm. lately. And another thing, here's the vibe I want from Christmas. Go ahead. You're watching you're watching a Christmas movie and they go into a mall. Mm. Picture the kind of music that's playing. Yeah, that's what you want. I love that kind of playlist because you, I you love do. the hustle and bustle of people panicking getting presents. Mm. Oh wait, another thing, babe, that we did kind of on accident. There is um my friend introduced me to this app called Chatbooks, which I Super support. Uh, you've talked so much about this thing yeah. over the last week. If anyone wants my code, just let me know. You can get a free book. So a chat book, you can sync up to your Instagram account or your camera roll. And whatever you've synced it up to, like anytime you post or anytime, like I have like a favorites album, anytime you add more pictures to your to my favorites album, it automatically syncs up to a chat book. And it's $10 for a little soft cover, little volume of a book. Like, it can be an ongoing series. It's great for people with kids. It's great for anything that you want to, like, keep a timeline on. Like, I I essentially have a timeline of our relationship, but I called it Oh Jeremiah because everything started at the same time. And I just filled up six chat books of um, Oh Jeremiah photos that date all the way back from the beginning. What? When was the beginning? 2012. 2012. But my phone doesn't register it as 2012 because I clicked and saved from Facebook old photos. And so it registers at the earliest as 2013. And like that makes my like type A brain really irritated. Mm. So I spent a good 10 hours on chat books this weekend. And all that to say, I ordered, they had a great sale. I ordered some Christmas presents and I ordered our Christmas cards already. Is this? Boom. Done. Are you? Okay. Um, Christmas spirit. Christmas spirit. That Here for get, it. That's it. That gets you there. Well, uh, when I think of the spirit, I think of watching Elf. Because I made you. Because you made me. Uh, I also think about watching uh, Skipping Christmas. Or, no, no, it's called Christmas. The movie is called Christmas with the Cranks. I think about watching that with commercial breaks. I love that movie. Because I feel like that's even more, like, Christmassy is when you, you have to watch that, the commercials. We watched that together our first Thanksgiving together. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. We had Velveeta mac and cheese and peanut M&Ms for dinner. The best. And then <laughs> I also really love watching just going through all of the office Christmas specials. That's a great idea. That's a great one. Just go year after year of Christmas specials. We also always tune, whenever we can, we tune into the SNL Christmas special. Yeah. Oh, that's the that's a big one. We always go to the Tracy Morgan and Jimmy Fallon. Um, Christmas time is here. 
Yeah, we always love that. But this year we're not holding back. There's going to be twice as much Christmas cheer in this apartment because 2020 will not wreck my Christmas cheer. Listening to Christmas music now. Because if you're stuck in your apartment all day, the least you can do is have Christmas cheer. Sure. Okay. Also, I need to make it a point to go ahead and make my pumpkin muffins before we start decorating for Christmas. I love a good pumpkin muffin. Let's talk about Frasier. <laughs> so everyone has an idea of what the best TV show is. Everyone has. Um, most people our age would say The Office, I would say. In our friend group, it's the show that comes up the most, is The Office. Okay. Uh, people that are like f- like four years older probably say Friends. Okay. I have experienced both of those. I love both of those. I know a lot of people that think Arrested Development is. I go back even further. I think that Frasier is the best all-around TV show. You didn't start watching that, though, until... Until a year ago. Yeah, I was like, hey... I think you would really like Frasier. I think you should give it a shot because I, that was my, so Will and Grace and Frasier would come on at 11 and 11.30 on weeknights whenever I lived in an apartment with my sister in undergrad, or I only did that in school. (laughs) And I would watch it. I would watch both of those shows like as I was like falling asleep. And I remember like cracking up at Frasier. Like I just thought it was so great. And I never watched it from like start to, finish but then I started watching it I think and then I told you I was like hey they have all the seasons available like all 11 seasons do you want to like watch this like I think you would really get a kick out of Niles like he's so he's one of my favorite fictional characters yeah and you were like well I mean like I guess and then you got into it and you got hooked on it so fast I would like after episode one I was like this show is gonna just change my evenings be honest did Eddie have a really big influence on your immediate love for it? But probably. Okay, because they introduced him in episode one. Yeah, because I've always been a super dog person. Like, we grew up with dogs. Like, I know the era of my upbringing by what my dog was at the time. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, so I just really, really... <laughs> that I, just means that you had a lot of dogs die. Oh, uh, we did. I uh, mean, I did too, so yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. You, you grew up on a farm. You, I mean, Don't you had... Don't talk about sorry. it. Sorry. Um, so yeah, when, Ed, when you have this dog, even if you know that the dog is really named like moon or, uh, what's the name of the dog? The dog is like some, you look this up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where's my, uh, I'll look it up. That's okay. Yeah. But the dog actually had a name and it what was a, obviously told what to do, but yeah. even the, the, the sheer training the dog has, there uh, are moments where insane. you're like, how long did it take them to get the dog to do that on cue? Don't know how. Don't know how they did that. But I would say that this is a great year to start Frasier from start to finish. You've got the time. You've got the time. There are 11 seasons. But it reminds me of the things that we used to have in sitcoms that we just don't have anymore. Uh, One of them is a good version of predictability. Like, you know that the episode has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And they're going to wrap it up in every episode. Whereas now TV shows have like cliffhangers, cliffhangers where you have to like, you know, 
I got to see the next episode. Frasier, you can literally do one and then just walk away and just feel like you got filled up a little bit. You, you'll have some laughs, whatever. There's like an ongoing... There's an ongoing, there's ongoing story. There's an ongoing yeah. story, but the situational, like, episodic TV part of it yeah. is this episode, they're going to be dealing with this thing. Yeah. And then by the end of the episode, that thing will have been dealt with. The, this show was like, because of, like, the whole situational thing for each episode, at one point I was like, he's been on so many dates. Yeah. Or he's, like, dated so many people in the show. Yeah. And I was like, is that normal? And then I was like, do single people do that whenever they're like 30? I know he's like 40. Yeah, he's like 40. In the show, but. It also goes to show like 90s, like the median age of the stars of shows were like 40. And I feel like it's get it like we're younger and younger and younger. Favorite. Don't don't think. Just answer. Favorite character. Go. Frasier. Oh, my God. Yeah. I love, I just, I love Frasier because he has like really funny, um, like his whole bit is how pretentious he is, but I don't still how lovable he is. He leans into it. Yeah. He leans into it. And it, some of his like dramatic scenes and he's a great singer and like, he's a great pianist. I, I think he may be acting, but, um, I, don't, I think, didn't we look it up? He's not actually playing, but Niles actually Niles is, is playing. Yeah. But they, no, I think he, he probably knows some because it doesn't look like he's really faking at all. Yeah. Um, Daphne is my, like, I'm like, okay, Daphne's my favorite. If I don't think about it too long, Daphne. Because, like, especially in the earlier seasons, when she is first introduced, I just love how, like, confident, but also just, like, doesn't really care what people think of her vibe she has. And it's, like, so cool. Because she's like, yeah, I just need to tell you I'm psychic. Like, Yeah. If you if you tried to hire a home health nurse and the first thing she tells you in the interview is that she's psychic, you'd be like, no, nah, I don't think you that. You're gonna yeah. get the job, probably. And she's also like adjusting herself and her clothes, like before they open the door. And her first line is it "caught me." W- it caught my hand in the biscuit tin, which yeah. I just. But she says it like super Britishy, and it's like adorable. Yeah, I really like her. Yeah, I just I miss TV that was not so serious. Like there was like, I don't know. There was a a level of cheesy and predictability that made it comforting. Mm-hmm. Like it, like the mindlessness of it, but it's also Frasier was so well written. I was going to say the, um, the script for that show is one of my favorites. It, the acting, the script is so good, Yeah, but it's like, it's, they never make you uncomfortable. It's like, like every surprise is like a happy thing. It's not like, you know, when you're watching Breaking Bad, like, Oh, that character's dead now or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like Frasier is just like dependable and the writing for like the first seven seasons are perfect. And then like towards the end, it like it starts to, you know, after you're a decade in, you're like, uh, how do we tell new jokes now? I don't, um, I just noticed something about the show. I don't recall crying in this show. Uh, there's one moment I cry and I know exactly where it is. You don't want to, ironically, it. it's a Christmas episode and, oh, wait. I, I actually was thinking of that moment and wondering if I cried during that. Yes. So, uh, about one, his son? About his son. And Martin? Yes. Okay. And how uh, Martin gives Frazier a certain present and he cries whenever he opens it. And Babe, the, I was thinking of that. And the way he delivers the line, oh, dad. That's all he says. I'm just like, Kelsey Grammer was an amazing actor. But that's and the, he is an amazing actor. He totally is. That's the only moment... I think that I've even like teared up, which is crazy because the 
the like I think of like um I'm comparing it to friends like friends has the same like situational type humor and like you know it's gonna like wrap up at the end of the episode but there's like some ongoing love plots I mean ongoing everything but you know what I mean but I cried so much on that show because there was like a laugh track and anytime there's an audience that like kind of like hoots and hollers for like a a big moment to happen like a relationship to come together or I tear up every time or like anytime I watch um Chandler proposing to Monica I I weep yeah and or you know Ross Rachel getting off the plane whatever I just like cry so hard with that but Frasier I never really do because like the main the main love story of the whole 11 seasons is Niles yes but it's all silly right for the most part a lot of that relationship is silly right I will say though going back to you said uh it's to a laugh track uh so a lot of people Frasier isn't is it no uh I don't know I was saying friends was no, Friends was also not a laugh track. Oh, yeah, Friends is live. Yes, yeah. so is Frasier. Um, a lot of our friends our age can't get past the fact that you can hear laughing because that's such an outdated, like, form of TV. Well, and I think the argument is, like, I don't want to be told when to laugh. Right, but they're performing it in front of a live audience as if it's a play, and then they just leave the laughs in because there are, it's five-camera uh, situational comedy where they would have five cameras out and they would perform it like a play then they'd cut it together and present it as a TV show and that's just not how it's done anymore. How I Met Your Mother has a totally canned laugh track and I don't know why they chose to do it instead of a live audience. It's probably way easier to do Yeah, and there are shows that still do live audience and there are some that still do laugh track obviously but um, in the 90s most of them just performed in front of an audience. Right. I don't recall... Frasier having anything. No, there are definitely laughs in Frasier. Really? Yeah, of course. I can't... For some reason, isn't that weird? My brain is just like blocking that out. Oh, we'll go watch in Frasier right We saw an this. episode like recently. What's your favorite episode? If you if you had to think of one. I mean, I know my favorite like uh, opening scene. You love the one where Niles sets his suit on fire? Yeah, Niles sets his suit on fire and it's just him. He doesn't even talk. There's like some opera music in the background. He's like... Going on a date, but getting ready for the date at Fraser's apartment. Um, what, what's my man? What's my favorite episode? There's, there's so many episodes. There are so many episodes. Um, I don't. Do you have one right off the bat? Um, the one that I, for some reason, the one I go, I always go back to is like the most iconic one is Daphne in the red dress dance scene. That's an iconic episode. They're like pretending to be together. Yeah. Because like, the whole the whole show, you're rooting for Niles and Daphne. Daphne. There you go. And Daphne. That's how British people say it. And then, uh, so that's like the one of the overarching, why can't, am I having a brain aneurysm? Like they, they just have that thread weave throughout the whole show. Yeah. And then Fraser's just trying to find anybody. I like any episode, and I can't think specifically, but I like... The episodes where Lilith is there—that's Fraser's ex-wife. Yes, she's awesome, and I—I I like the episodes before Daphne and Niles get together, like whenever uh, Maris is still a thing, because Maris—you never see her ever. She's a character 
technically on the show, but you never see her. And I think that's so creative. Yeah. It's also hard for me to believe that Frasier was a spinoff of Cheers. Of Cheers. We haven't seen that. We haven't seen it. And I'm sure that we would really enjoy it. But it's it's hard to believe that something that was made to keep a character alive had so much success. Yeah. And there's even talks of bringing Frasier back. No way. He's won three Emmys for being Frasier in, in three, three different di- TV shows. In three different TV shows. Um, he was like a guest in one. Yeah. Frasier and then Cheers. Crazy. And it's, he was Frasier for how long? They make it. And that's I like that is that in the writing, they have a lot of jokes about. Yeah. Like. In the end of Frasier, there's a. Uh, I can't think of her name. She's in Lady Bird. She's the mom in Lady Bird. But she is... Nanette. Nanette. Yeah. She is his first wife. And she makes a joke about how... She's like a, a child's performer. What is it? like? Perf- she's a, um, an, a children's book author that also like performs live. Right. And she makes the joke, I've been playing this character for 20 years. Can you have any idea how much torture that is? And he's just like... You have no idea. You have no Talk idea. Yeah. yeah. So I... I think that this is a great time to start for, uh, Frasier for the first time, especially if you can get used to the the live audience performance and just like how dated it feels because it, it is in Seattle and like was just like to me like ni- the 90s were such a glorious time. Mm-hmm. I wish I wouldn't have been such a little fat baby and just like I wish I would have been older and like could experience it. But I was I too busy rolling around. I know. wish I was... Um, I w- if I could go back and be anywhere at any time, I wish I lived in New York in the 90s. I would be Seattle in the 90s. Well, I guess we We'd wouldn't have met. <sighs> I guess you're right. Uh, okay, what do you okay. want to talk about now? Yeah. We totally I, skipped the feelings wheel. And then that made me think that I just want to talk about how to ask someone like how they're doing because you have a knack for it I have here's the thing I have a I would say I have a knack for knowing how someone feels but I don't know how to talk about it with them so does that make sense a hundred percent okay and it's a weird so there's this weird thing when you ask someone how they're doing because it doesn't sound like an invitation as much as it found, sounds like a, just like something you just got to do. Yeah. It feels like an obligation more than an invitation. Yes. So for me. That's why I don't like being asked that, I guess. I'm like, how are you? I'm like, uh, I don't Sometimes know. when I'm asked, I answer like super deep and dark because like, I, th- I think that you deserve to know, or I think that I deserve to be able to say it. But if, if someone I know, it's also like I can usually tell when someone I'm close to isn't doing awesome. Yeah. Like usually they, they like their face is like a different color. It like hangs down a different way. And like it just, they just looked like they're in a different spot. And I'll ask like specifically like, hey, um, what's going on with so-and-so? I usually don't ask, hey, how are you doing? Or what? Do you ever say, like, what's got you down or you don't want them to assume? Well, I usually just say, hey, I'm getting a vibe that uh, something isn't going your way. Am I making that up or am I projecting onto you? That's a good question. I, um, yeah, I, have you noticed that if you say, or for me, 
if someone says, hey, how are you doing? And I can tell they like mean it, but also like they didn't have anything else to say. And if I say, oh, I'm really tired, actually. They don't really say anything right after because I think they expect you to expand on that. Yeah, because usually if you're really tired, it's because you've been working too much or it's because I've been having trouble sleeping because I'm anxious. It it feels like the beginning of a feeling instead of like the overall feeling. Yeah, and I think my go-to if, um, if I ask someone how they're doing and they kind of respond in a, oh, I'm like tired and I... I usually can come back with like, oh, yeah, like I totally know what you mean because blah, blah, blah. And then it kind of gets going. But if I'm asked first, I have to kind of beat them to the punch before I feel like I can like navigate it well. One time, I like overthink so many interactions in my life. And I really have overthought this one because I don't know this person um, very well. But there's a girl I was in orchestra with. I think I remember telling you this. We were in Hattiesburg and... We were just visiting because we'd already moved to Athens, but she was just visiting too because she had moved away. And we went out to eat to one of our favorite restaurants in Hattiesburg and I saw her and we were stand partners like one year in orchestra. So knew her decently, not super, we didn't like hang out or anything, but, um, I went up to her to say hi and like, I felt uncomfortable because I didn't know who she was with and I wasn't very like sure of how to. You know, I didn't want to not say hi. I think that would have been worse. Right. But then I ended up making it worse than that. But I, I just like filled in the gaps. And I was like, how, how are you? Like, you look tired. I said she looked tired. Yeah, that's savage. Which is so mean. That's so savage. And she just kind of looked at me like, uh, no, like I'm fine. <laughs> I just woke up actually. And she said that. And I was like, oh, sorry. I." And you still like, let that crawl over I was thinking you. because of like all of the travel you've been doing, like, I, I don't know. And I didn't apologize. And I wish I would have um, been present enough to be like, hey, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. I'm uncomfortable and I'm projecting that on you. And that's literally what happened. I will say I'm better at that than I am asking how someone's doing. I'm Because I've been working actively to just like, like lean into conflict and saying I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry is a hard thing to say. Because not only do you have to like own up to what you did, you also have to like be handed down judgment by the person you did wrong to. Mm -hmm. So you're inviting punishment because you're at the mercy of the person you wronged. And I'm trying to make the words I'm sorry lighter in my mouth. So that way I can fling it out quicker and get to the healing quicker. Okay. Well, yeah. And I would say don't go too far because mine is so light that oftentimes I say it and I don't mean it. Right. So you got to find a middle ground. Yeah. So I went golfing for like the first time ever. Uh, technically second time because one time in high school I ended up on a golf course and I don't even remember how I ended up there. Oh. But uh, the guy I was with, golf is so hard because if you're bad at it, you have to be bad at it for like six hours. <laughs> and that is just a punishment no one deserves. But I'm, I'm at first, the first hour, like you can do anything sports like for an hour and make a good time out of it because you're just having fun. Because at that point it's like funny. Yeah, it's like funny. Like I kept hitting it into the trees and and into the water, and I'm like, ah, oh, guys, this is a great time. Right. And then by like one hour, one minute, I had stopped being fun. Yeah. Like it started being like, oh, I'm bad at this. And then at the two hour mark, it's like, oh, I'm not getting any better at this. And then, like, around the three-and-a-half-hour mark, it's like, oh, I'm miserable now. Hmm. And the guy I was with, uh, we were in the golf cart together, 
And, you know, we did that thing where, like, we were both trying to go the same direction at the same time. And I instinctively said, I'm sorry. And I said, I'm sorry. And I could tell that I was saying it because, like, I was really saying, hey, I'm sorry that this is like taking forever because I'm so bad at this and I'm sorry that you guys have to watch and feel bad and also try to teach me and make me better and it never gets any better. So I was saying sorry for so many other things and he, I saw, I was just, Hey, Oh, sorry. Uh, And he just like stopped what he was doing. He looked at me, goes, Oh, what are you sorry for? Like you could tell it went deeper than that. Yeah. And I just thought that that was such a gift. I know. How did he know? It's so sweet. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I'm I'm not sorry. I'm embarrassed. And it like I know that that's just like such a weird like tangent to go on. But he helped you identify how you felt. Yeah. Which and is important. Yeah. And if you're like trying to have fun with a bunch of dudes and you realize you're the one hanging up, like how like you're making it take longer and there's nothing worse than when someone teaches you and they're good teachers and you still don't get better at something. Yeah. You're just like, oh, I'm just not good at this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just like such a cool thing that like being able to like take inventory of how you're doing. And there are those weird things that like key people in on like, oh, you just said I'm sorry for something that for nothing. Like, why did you say that? Yeah. And it was really cool because it was because I was actually like, like super bummed on the inside. That's yeah. That's really cool. So my, um, maybe going back to like how we, man, I really wish I could apologize to that girl and it not be awkward. Like I've even considered reaching out to her on Facebook, but it's been like years and that type of instance, like hopefully she forgot, but I'm also working on, um, a therapist that I follow that I think I've talked about a lot, the mindful MFT, marriage and family therapist she mm. um she posted a thing a couple weeks ago that was basically like accept it you know it's important to accept that sometimes you're just going to be misunderstood and it's yeah. okay yeah and i th- that's one of those moments that i have to just kind of like forgive and forget because i i messed up and i tried to backtrack and didn't know how to navigate it and hopefully she can just be like I don't know where she's coming from, but I can move on from it. Yeah, totally. And I always go back. We played with this drummer one time, and he um, he did not seem like he was having a good time with us. He sort of acted out t- to the other band, and it like it it was like a very uncomfortable situation, and uh, it just didn't sit well. And we just like oh, we just don't need to call that drummer again. Like duh, easy easy call. Right. There was no really hard feelings though. He was it a great was- drummer. Yeah. And he was a nice guy. Nice just, guy. Yeah. It was just like, it didn't feel like a good fit. And we were like, oh, well, you know, uh, that sucks, but whatever. And then like three years later, he emailed me and was like, dude, uh, that day I was going through a lot and I've been thinking a lot about that. And I'm just trying to make amends because I was in a really bad spot at that time. And I just wanted to make sure, you know, that's not who I am. And I just don't think there is an expiration date on an apology. It was so kind. It was so kind, and it, like, brought me back to that place, and it let me rewrite that narrative. Yep. Because, like, you know, I can't not go back and think about where we came from. And when I think about his part of our story, I'm always like, man, it sucks that that he hated us so much. But now it's like, oh, it sucks that he was in a bad spot and he couldn't enjoy that with us. Yeah, you know. So like, I I don't think there is an expiration date on an apology. It just matters like why you're giving that apology, which is crazy because I literally just sent one today. That is, let's see, six years old. Yeah, or maybe like five. Yeah, I 
and it was like a, a professor that I worked under in college and she hired me to be a part of her teaching program and I left the program not whenever I, I should have left whenever I graduated but I was so scared of graduating and not having a connection to school anymore that I kept the job and I kept it for like another year and um I to avoid conflict like I quit very discreetly and I didn't really have like a formal adult conversation with her to quit the program and I just left in a in just like a really passive way yeah and all the students that I had at the program left the program as well and followed me and I think that there was just like a there was a better way to handle that. And I, because I avoid conflict, I just did it so poorly. And I have dreams about that instance or about this particular person that I wronged, like maybe once a year. So it still like haunts me a good bit. Of course. And I would just like think about it whenever I was in a low, low of just like, oh, you're such a terrible person. Think back to that one time you did this, you know. So I sent her um, an email this morning. So it's crazy that you said that we're talking about him because I literally just did that today. Yeah. I think, I think if you're coming from a good spot, you don't even need a response. You're just almost clearing your own conscience of, and, and not even like, uh, you're like taking the easy way out. It's almost like, Hey, this person deserves it, whether they want it. Like my heart is giving them the nicest thing I know of, which is me owning up to the bad thing I did. Right. It may be too late to get forgiveness, but yeah. I'm not going for forgiveness. I'm going to to extend my my apology. Right. You know, like and that's what I that's what I told her is I was like, I don't expect any. At the end of the email, I said I don't expect anything from you out of this. I just know that, and I really believe that you deserved a formal apology for how I handled that. Yeah. And so I don't expect her to write back. Um, I did that like a couple of years ago with a friend that I kind of like uh, got, I basically like took her out of my life yeah, intentionally and um, think that, that I could have handled it better. And so I wrote her uh, a couple of years ago and she responded very kindly and it was like, cool. I'm not like afraid to see you anymore. Yeah. I even have the moment with my dad, like, or with my mom, whenever I think back at like things from my childhood that for some reason I just can't let go of. And like, I've had these moments with my dad where he's like, man, I didn't even think that that's how you could take that as a little, as a little boy. Yeah. And I'm sorry that I didn't do a better job teaching you that as your dad. Yeah. And honestly, like it still heals old wounds to me. Totally. My, um, my therapist last year even had me write a letter to my dad, but not send it. Yeah. And just, it was just like, sorry, I I know how this, where the story's going. I, I was like waiting on you to get to the next part, but go ahead. What do you mean? You actually sent him the letter. no, that was not the same one. Oh, that wasn't the same one. You just mailed your dad a letter. That was from, that's a different thing. Oh, okay. So no, she, she just told me to write a healing letter that mm, was for sorry. me. Okay. And it was basically like, what's everything that you wish you would have told your dad when you had like in the moment, these like traumatic or these like hurtful moments between you and your dad. 
can you write him as if what you would say? Now, if I went to my dad now and told him, hey, that one time you ignored me on the tractor, <laughs> like right. that wouldn't that wouldn't do anything for him. Right. It's just for me to kind of reconcile with. The letter you're talking about is my mom sent me home with a basket of music a couple of months ago that was like from my old bedroom from my dad's house. So it was actually in my dad's house for like since the fifth grade, but he just didn't know it. Isn't that funny? That yeah. He, like I got it sent back to Athens and then I mailed it to him. But in the fifth grade, I the writing prompt, whenever you're into the essays of the five paragraph introductory, three proof points, and then right. the conclusion, it was like the prompt was write about your hero. And so I like, it was like my hero. And it was just uh, a paper about my dad. And so I just like, it was, it felt so... V- and I know this word is overused these days, but it, there's no other way to describe it. It felt so vulnerable to send him that letter, mm. even though I was 10 when right. I wrote it. Right. It was very heartfelt. Sure. Because his dad had just died whenever I wrote that letter. Right. So in my mind, I respected how he handled that or like that's what I thought that I was, you know, was, and I wrote him a letter a present letter in addition to that that was just explaining like he this is fifth grade me you know it's funny to look back on what I respected so much about you then and how as an adult like I still respect those things of you but it just looks different you know like right my, or whatever and so yeah that it felt very um yeah it just felt very open yeah. open-hearted just like here's everything this is but but I didn't and it yeah, isn't that ironic though that like he's technically had it in my childhood bedroom since the fifth grade. Just didn't even And know I it. had to mail it to him from Athens right. because like, you know. Right. But um that yeah, that was just really intense. And then he called me a few weeks ago and you can tell it was like a little bit like uncomfortable for him to like thank me for it, but he still like greatly appreciated it. Yeah. And he said like he got choked up from it and it made him think about how before his dad died, he never really told him how he felt. Yeah. And so I, and my dad, I'm not, this isn't to say my dad's like in poor health or anything right now. I just know, like, if I didn't send that letter right whenever I had decided to, I would have held on to it for until it was too late. Yeah, of course. And so I was like, I need to just do it. He deserves to read this. Yeah. You know. I think... I think I want to get better, and I think I do an okay job of it now, but you want to do a better job of telling the people around you that you love them and to thank them because the only other thing you can do is apologize that you didn't do it sooner. And at some point, you don't get that chance anyway. So, like, I think it's great that you sent that to him. And I always, like, I I feel like I talk to my dad, like, once every two months or something. Because whenever I talk to him, it's like an hour conversation where we're just like, dude, here's where I missed it. No, dude, here's where I missed Y'all it. Y'all really catch up. Yeah, we really go for it. And it's, again, my dad's in great health, but there is also a pandemic and you never know what's going to happen, you know? Um, and it's just, it's tough to say I'm sorry and it's tough to say I love you. and Because those are just heavy words and they like, it's so, it just, there's so much weight to them, but it's just so much better off when you just say it. Yeah. Especially if you have a hard time saying it because it's like, it means more, I guess. Okay, well, um, what are you super into this week? Super heavy. Um, 
I just started, I finally started reading again. I went through like a month or two. With, I just did not want to read anything. I thought you were like, I finally started reading. It's awesome. <laughs> right. Article adjectives um, rock. Sorry, no, that was a that was grammar weird. joke. That, that was, was a weird joke. Sorry. That was super weird. Sometimes you got to you gotta take a swing, you know? I'm borrowing a book from my friend. We, we swap books a good bit throughout the year. Um, it's called Start With Your People by Brian Dixon. And it's just... How do I wrap this up? Because I've only read like the first like five chapters. I thought you, I've only read like the first five words. But <laughs> <laughs> how do I summarize this? Yeah. Um. I guess if I had to summarize it, the general gist that I'm getting from it now is like, no matter what, people come first. People come above work. Um. Someone, your enemy that you don't get a wrong get along with, they still come first over mm. your anger with them. So like love everyone well. Yeah. And he he reminds me a lot of um Bob Goff. We love Bob Goff. Everybody always. Uh just in his actions and how and he's specifically relating it to like in your work. Yeah. You know, there's um a chapter that talks about let's pretend or no, let's behave. Like the people you work with are your dream team. How do you treat them if they're your dream team? Mm. And if you're all in this together and you just assume the best of other people. And he's like, there was someone that he didn't get along with. <laughs> I know. There, sorry, our dog is sleeping and wagging her tail at the same time. No, she's not. Okay. Um, oh, Big stretch. Oh, that was so cute. Big stretch. Oh, my goodness. Um, but We're gross. I know. We're being ridiculous. Uh, There's a story that he shared, though, of like a colleague that he did not get along with at all. Couldn't stand her. Like, just dreaded working with her. And then one day he was just like, you know what? I need to just be like so kind to her. And so he anonymously sent her her favorite flowers and like left it on, I forgot where. But just anonymously was just like, hey, I hope you have a great day thought of you and he said that he noticed from like on that day she was like she his instant reward for doing that was that she was in a great mood the rest of the day and mm. she was like super happy and then it became he started doing more things like that for her and then it became a desire for him to to make her happy and content mm. and then before he knew it um they, they were, were like, married no, they were, oh. they were just friends. Oh, got it. And um, they worked together for a long time, and, and it was just like a, it became like a healthy working relationship. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I am super into Unreal Candy. You super are. I super am. Crispy Gems. Crispy Gems. So the, Quino there's quinoa in those. Did yes, you know that? I did. So Unreal Candy is basically like the least amount of junk food in candy. It's like, it's like natural, like food dye. It's or no, uh, like less sugar, less sugar. So it's like organic cocoa. And like, how do they make? Get them, babe. The I've turned you into such a weird, hit, like I gotta be honest, crunchy. Sometimes person. you walk in, you're like, just so you know, we're done with canola oil. And I'm like, <laughs> what did did what did canola do? <laughs> but whenever you find something that is just like healthy ingredients, but is like a treat, I'm here for it. I'm, you even made the switch on organic deodorant. I know. I smell bad all the time. No, you don't. But I do that for you. I'm so proud of you. I know. I One love day it. you bought organic eggs, and that was the day that I knew that I uh, 
Turn, turned you over. You turned me. Okay, I love you, girl. I'm sorry. For? All of it. Oh, okay, what? <laughs> we didn't guess each other's feelings, Will, but I think we've, like, people might know. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm tired. You're tired. I talked about drool a lot. You did talk about drool a lot, and I am saucy. <laughs> per use. I love you. Mm-hmm. Love you. I'm sorry. Sorry, what? <laughs>